Good morning. In today's headlines, an update on the deadly crash in Texas that killed eight people and injured a score of others on Sunday. The suspect has been identified. Find out what he's being charged with. Border cities across the U.S. are preparing for the end of Title 42. Learn what measures are being put in place to deal with an expected influx of illegal crossings. Canada gives a CCP diplomat the boot after allegations he threatened a Canadian lawmaker. And in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis is tightening the screws on the Chinese regime with three new laws. President Biden announces a new plan for travelers. Find out what it aims to force airlines to do if they delay flights. And if you think more people are sneezing this year, you're not alone. Allergy season is hitting earlier and harder this year. We hear from an expert on what you can do. Good morning and welcome to NTD. I'm Tiffany Meyer in for Kevin Hogan. Good morning, I'm Evelyn Lee. Today is Tuesday, May 9th. I'm curious to find out more about President Biden's plan with those airlines. Me too. You know what? I ran into so much trouble this travel on my flight to Tel Aviv. I won't go into details, but yeah, some help <laughs> would be helpful. <laughs> I had so many delays this year. It's crazy. One was delayed by like seven hours. I don't want to do that again. That's probably <laughs> one of the most relatable things you can say this year when it comes to traveling. And All it's right. expected to get worse, but yeah. first, tell us what's up. Yes. Thank you, Tiff. So we start off with an update on the deadly crash in Texas that killed eight people on Sunday. The suspect accused of driving his vehicle through the crowd has been identified and charged. Authorities believe 34-year-old George Alvarez of Brownsville lost control after running a red light. The SUV plowed into a group of people outside a migrant center in the city and flipped on its side. Officials are awaiting the results of blood tests to find out if he was intoxicated at the time. The Brownsville police chief says he's charged with eight counts of manslaughter and 10 counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. He also outlined the suspect's extensive criminal history. Of the 18 people hit, six died on the scene and 12 were critically injured. Officials say the death toll rose later. Police say Alvarez tried to run away but was held down by onlookers. His bail is set at $3.6 million. And border cities along the U.S.-Mexico border are preparing for a surge of migrants this week. Title 42 ends on Thursday. A large number of migrants are already gathering and waiting to seek asylum. Some estimates have the number reaching up to 150,000 people. Entities Jeremy Sandberg has more on the situation along the border. The COVID-19 restrictions that have blocked migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border from seeking asylum since 2020 are ending this week. Illegal crossers will be able to request asylum again once it ends. The number of migrants on the Mexico side of the border living in tent cities is growing. Many plan to cross illegally and turn themselves in. Thousands of migrants in El Paso, Texas with mixed legal status are already living in the streets. Mayor Oscar Leeser declared a state of emergency on Sunday to prepare for the unexpected. Because they're, they're under the false pretense that if they get in here before Title 42 expires, they'll be able to stay here. And that, that is not the case. He estimates close to 15,000 are gathered on the Mexico side across from El Paso. A similar situation is developing at the border in California near San Diego and Tijuana. There is uncertainty, there is anxiety, there is a lack of clarity. U.S. Border Patrol Chief Roel Ortiz said this weekend over 26,000 illegal immigrants were caught over a three-day span, close to 9,000 a day on average. 
The Biden administration is sending around 1,500 military troops to support Border Patrol for the expected influx. The Pinal County Sheriff in Arizona had this to say about the move. That this is not to protect our border, to keep people from coming into this country illegally. Those 1,500 soldiers will there be there to process people into this country a lot faster so that you, the American people, don't realize what a disaster this border crisis is. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is taking matters into his own hands. He mobilized close to 10,000 National Guard members and deployed a new specially trained National Guard unit called the Texas Tactical Border Force on Monday. The Texas Tactical Border Force, it bolsters Operation Lone Star to secure the Texas border amidst the chaos caused by Joe Biden eliminating Title 42. Abbott says its forces will be stationed in critical hotspot areas to intercept and turn back migrants trying to enter the U.S. illegally. In addition to that, the Texas governor says a law is in the works to make it a felony to illegally enter Texas from Mexico. It would allow the state to arrest illegal crossers and jail them for a felony or return them to Mexico. Another law would make it a felony to be operating or involved in a stash house and make it a 10-year minimum jail sentence for people smuggling in the state. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. Title 42 will be lifted Thursday because that's when the U.S. COVID public health emergency officially ends and the rule allowed border agents to quickly expel illegal immigrants back to Mexico. Illegal immigrants have been expelled more than 2.7 million times under Title 42 since it was put in place. That total includes many repeat illegal crossers. The Biden administration says it's planning to issue a new rule. It would deny asylum to people those uh, to those caught illegally crossing if they pass through another country on their way to the U.S. without seeking protection or if they fail to use other legal pathways. And more details are coming up about the suspect in the Dallas Mall shooting. Officials say he was terminated from the Army in 2008 over mental health issues. That was after only three months. He never finished basic training. The 33-year-old was shot dead by police. He's accused of killing eight people and wounding several others over the weekend. Authorities say his social media suggests he'd been planning the attack for weeks. He posted photos of the mall online. We still don't know what his motive was. Investigators are looking into his mental health history. The alleged shooter reportedly received an uncharacterized discharge when he was kicked out of the army. That was over concerns about his mental health. This type of termination would not have set off red flags or required any reports to law enforcement. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is calling for more action to address mental health issues in America after the latest shooting at the Texas Mall. A retired FBI agent speaks with NTD to share his perspective on the shooting. Following the shooting at the Texas Mall, President Biden is renewing calls for stricter gun control. Meanwhile, Texas Governor Greg Abbott argued that addressing mental health issues is the long-term solution to reducing shootings. Retired FBI agent with the elite hostage rescue team Greg Schaefer shared his perspective on the issue. I don't think we have a gun violence problem. In fact, a gun is an inanimate object. It cannot create violence in and of itself. It takes an evil person behind that gun to create the violence. And gun control, you know, we have strict gun control measures in many blue states and many democratically controlled cities that have, you know, a, 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 you know, a gun violent murder problem. So gun control is not the, the answer. 
Schaefer points out that the number of guns in American households and the percentage of Americans that own firearms have not changed much in the last 50 years. He says instead, we have changed as a society. We don't have moms staying home to teach their kids between right and wrong. We have violent video games and violent movies that we didn't have back then. We have ADHD medication and antidepressants being prescribed that have side effects that have suicidal ideation as one of their primary side effects. We don't go to church anymore, again, teaching our kids between right and wrong. There's a host of things society-wise that has changed in the last 50 years, but gun possession and gun ownership is not one of them. The retired FBI agent says we need to get better at identifying individuals with mental health issues and getting them the treatment they need. You cannot be a sane person and walk into a school, a theater, a shopping mall, or a business and shoot people and kill people, innocent victims. That's not what sane people do. Crazy people do this. We need to get better as a society and as a government to identify the mentally ill, treat the mentally ill, have facilities where we can treat them and quit putting them out on the streets with a handful of medications and expect things to change. We have a mental health crisis in America, not a gun violence crisis. Following the Dallas area mall shooting, the Texas governor also called for stricter laws to prevent dangerous criminals from accessing guns, but he didn't call for broad gun restrictions. In the wake of the Allen Mall shooting, a Texas House panel voted to advance a gun control bill yesterday. It would raise the age to buy semi-automatic rifles from 18 to 21. The bill faces an uphill battle when it moves to the full chamber. A government employee labor union is suing Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and President Biden. The suit is related to the nation's $31.4 trillion debt limit, which has already been hit, forcing Treasury to use special tools to avoid a default. But these tools won't last forever, and some in the government are growing anxious about what comes next. Our Washington, D.C. correspondent Melina Weiskup is telling us more. Melina, why is this government employee union filing this lawsuit? Now, as you just mentioned, the Treasury's ability to use those so-called extraordinary measures to continue to meet its obligations won't last forever. Congress is fast approaching a June 1st deadline to raise the nation's $31.4 trillion debt cap, otherwise risk defaulting on our nation's debt. Now, what does that mean? It essentially means that the federal government will not be able to pay for things like Social Security, Medicare reimbursements, payroll for service members, or payroll for federal workers and this is essentially why that union the National Association of government employees is filing this lawsuit because they say that it's a violation of a separation of powers for the executive branch to decide which obligations to pay for and which to skip this lawsuit aims to stop President Biden and Yellen from enforcing the debt ceiling essentially seeking to abolish it altogether that's similar to an argument we've heard from Democrats over the past couple of of weeks on Capitol Hill. The Democrats raised it three times under President Trump. We should have gotten rid of it at that point. No other country in the world has this kind of tool. The only responsible path here is to get rid of the debt ceiling. It's a sham. It, it was designed many, many years ago to control the debt of the United States. It has failed spectacularly. But Republicans say the debt ceiling has a purpose. That is to force Congress members to reevaluate the nation's spending habits. Because anyone who would say there's no way we can cut anything in government and can't even discuss it, no negotiations because everything's perfect in the federal government, really? 
So that group you just saw is part of 43 senators who say they will not vote for any clean debt ceiling hike without budget mechanisms attached. Now, 43, that's the majority of the Republican conference in the Senate, and this includes Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. So all of this does come into play as those top four congressional leaders are set to meet with President Biden later at the White House. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Weiskup, NTD News. Coming up, Canada is showing a Chinese diplomat the door after some concerning behavior regarding a lawmaker's family and human rights. And for the first time ever, the government may force airlines to compensate passengers for delayed and canceled flights. What could that mean for travelers? Good to have you back. The Chinese Communist Party was on Florida's mind yesterday. Governor Ron DeSantis signed three bills to counteract the malign influence of the CCP in the state. NTD's Daniel Monahan has more on what the new laws mean for Florida. The first bill addressed buying property in the Sunshine State. It limits purchases of farmland and land near military bases and critical infrastructure by any CCP-related entities. Our food security is also national security. And so we don't want the CCP in charge of, of any of the food production. Next up is education. The Florida governor says it is essential to root out the CCP influence in Florida's education system. According to DeSantis, the Chinese regime has done an effective job at identifying the soft underbelly of American society. And they've been able to expand their influence in academia tremendously. Part of the reason because they're throwing a lot of money around. And so in Florida, we say not here, not on our watch. The new law will prohibit state colleges and universities from accepting any gifts or grants from the CCP. DeSantis says the steps will stop any CCP influence in Florida from grade school to grad school. A third law addresses CCP-affiliated apps and aims to protect digital data from Chinese spies. Whatever utility that these applications have is clearly outweighed by the benefit that the CCP gets from data mining and being able to, uh, to collect information. Schools and government offices will have to block access to prohibited applications on their servers. Governor DeSantis says these new laws follow through on Florida's commitment to crack down on communist China. However, House Minority Leader Fentrice Driscoll called the bill addressing land purchases overly broad. She warned it could result in lawsuits by veering into the area of national origin discrimination. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Turning our attention to Canada, the country has expelled a Chinese diplomat. This is after he reportedly threatened a Canadian lawmaker over China's human rights issues. The diplomat in question is the Toronto-based Zhao Wei. The Globe and Mail reported earlier this month that a Chinese spy service and Zhao had targeted Canadian Member of Parliament Michael Chong and threatened his family members in Hong Kong. According to a national security source, this took place in 2021, and the Chinese regime targeted Chong for advocating for human rights in China. Canadian Foreign Minister Melanie Jolie said in a statement, I have been clear we will not tolerate any form of foreign interference in our internal affairs. Diplomats in Canada have been warned that if they engage in this type of behavior, they will be sent home. 
Analysis by the Epoch Times shows Zhao actively participating in functions held by local organizations in Canada that share the stances of the Chinese regime. In another report by the Globe and Mail, a national security source described Zhao as a suspected intelligence actor. Chong and his party had pressed the Canadian government in recent days to expel Zhao. Chong reacted to the news. It shouldn't have taken uh, two years for the government to make this decision when they became aware uh, that members and their families of the House of Commons were being targeted by uh, the PRC and by persons in Canada accredited by the government of Canada as diplomats in uh, Canada. Diplomatic tensions between Canada and China have been running high since the detention of Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou in 2018 and Beijing's subsequent arrest of two Canadians on spying charges. All three were freed in 2021. The Chinese regime has now expelled a Canadian diplomat. Jennifer Lin Lalonde has been asked to leave China before May 13th. The move is widely seen as a tit-for-tat response. For the first time in U.S. history, the federal government may force airlines to compensate passengers for delayed flights, and this also includes canceled flights. So is it a good time to travel? Entities Colin Fredrickson tells us. Our top priority has been to get American air travelers a better deal. For the first time ever, the government may force airlines to compensate passengers for delayed and canceled flights. At a press briefing, President Biden said that this includes all the costs associated with flying. My administration will propose a historic new rule that will make it mandatory, not voluntary, but mandatory, for all U.S. airlines to compensate you with meals, hotels, taxis, ride shares, or re and rebooking fees, and cash, miles, and or travel vouchers whenever they're the ones to blame for the cancellation or delay. The Biden administration also announced FlightRights.gov. Travelers can check the site to compare different airlines' compensation policies. Biden's proposal likely won't take effect anytime soon. It first has to go through a long legal process, which includes comment periods and potential legal challenges. Only after that will the regulations become final. How will that affect travelers now? There is a little bit of travel hesitancy right now with the uh, the FAA shutdown, the two Southwest Airlines shutdowns uh, over you know last year. Philip Ballard is the chief communications officer at hotelplanner.com, where you can book hotels at discounted rates. Ballard says the proposal is welcome news for travelers and that it'll increase traveler confidence. He says the hotel industry relies on the aviation industry, which hasn't been very reliable this past year. Ballard also has some summer travel tips. Book the very first flight out of your airport. Those flights tend to be uh, on time. Search and book during non-peak hours. Uh, you know, think midnight on a, on a Sunday morning or a 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Um, the other thing, the other little hack is uh, sometimes different search sites will increase the prices based on demand, based on your cookies. So if you go back to the same site six, seven times within an hour, you're going to see an increase uh, in rates because of the cookies. So search in incognito mode. For international flights, Ballard advises booking two to three months in advance to get the best deals. For domestic flights, at least one month in advance. Colin Fredrickson, NTD News. And coming up, allergy season is extra bad this year. We hear from an expert on what natural remedies will help fight off those sniffles. And when a South Carolina police officer pulled a man over on a nighttime road, 
she didn't know she'd be entering a street side dance academy. That story and more after, after the break. Welcome back. Pollen got you down this spring. If you think more people are sneezing this year, you're not alone. Reports noting allergy season is hitting earlier and harder this year, affecting even those who don't normally suffer from them. We hear from Christine Callender, a family nurse practitioner with Pure Health Texas, to learn some natural remedies to fight off those sniffles. Christine Callender, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on this morning. I'm glad to be able to join you allergies are really impacting a lot of people. There's a recent survey out that says 31% of respondents would rather take a pay cut than have allergies. And on average, many people miss about four to five events each year. So given those stakes, what can people do to kind of remedy this? So, you know, anything I'm going to say today is just for educational purposes, because I'm not developing that patient you know, bond with you, patient and provider. So um, it's just more for information's sake, but there's a lot of things that we can do naturally to kind of help combat our allergies. I know I get a question a lot of the time about like, is local honey really a thing? Like if I ingest local honey on a daily basis, is this something that will really benefit me? And actually it will. So getting local honey that is not just bottled locally, but is actually sourced locally can be very beneficial. The key is you need to really start ingesting it two to three months before allergy season starts. So now that we're in the throes of things, it may help some, but it's not going to help as much as if you had started ingesting it back in December or January. And it's little micro doses through the day. So they say about a tablespoon of honey total in 24 hours is about what we need to have that be an effective treatment. Cause it's kind of like allergy shots where those bees are picking up a lot of the little um, pollens from the local plants. And then they're giving that to you through the honey. Christine, you mentioned how a lot of this is kind of early prep. So what else can people yes. do ahead of the allergy season to really almost protect themselves? Or does this have a lot to do with genetics in each person? Everybody is a little different in our genetics or what we refer to as genomics. So the little snips or little polymorphisms that we all have in our DNA that don't make big differences, but make small, minute differences in how we function, how our body tolerates histamines, how we react to histamines. All of those things do come into play. But in general, there's things that we can all do that will help reduce a lot of our symptoms. And a lot of it is stuff that we need to be doing anyway. So cleaning up our diet so that we're eating more anti oxidants, really eating the rainbow so that we're getting all the different colors of fruits and vegetables because each of those colors actually have uh, a purpose. So most of those have different vitamin and mineral contents in them. And that's why eating the rainbow is so important so that we're getting all of those micronutrients into our diet. Um, eating foods that are rich in quercetin, which is not a natural antihistamine, is beneficial as well. I'm not a huge fan of raw onions, but they are actually one of the best sources of natural quercetin. But I love apples and I'll eat an apple with its skin on all day long. And that's another great source of quercetin. So eating your apple a day keeps the doctor away isn't necessarily too far from the truth because it does really help during cold and flu season along with allergy season because of the rich quercetin content in that. Red grapes are also good. Your green leafies like kale and spinach are also great sources of quercetin. Cherries um, are another one that's pretty tasty this time of year. 
so those are all things that we can add to our diet that can help. But there's also foods we can take out of our diet that will help because there's foods that actually are high histamine foods. So even eating leftovers, which I love to do at my house, I love to cook dinner and then have leftovers for lunch the next day. But those leftovers typically have a higher histamine content than food that's prepared fresh. Um, other foods that are high in histamines would be like dairy and eggs. So if you notice that, oh, after I had a great, you know, breakfast out on the weekend and had a wonderful omelet with all these veggies in it, the next day my nose is a little bit more runny, it might be because of the histamine content of that food. And Christine Callender, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Have a blessed day. She made a lot of good points, especially the point with the uh, honey. I had no idea, but I'll take that one to heart because I love honey. <laughs> it does sound very tasty. I like those cherries. <laughs> mm. And actually, speaking of smiles, our next story will sure bring a smile to your face. A South Carolina police officer got a pleasant surprise during a routine traffic stop. She pulled over an elderly gentleman on his way back from the local dance hall called Cotton-Eyed Joe's. And after asking the officer if she danced, the friendly fella gave the woman in blue a street-side lesson in the two-step. He then busted out a few flashy solo moves from his arsenal of clog dancing skills. Pretty impressive indeed. I hope I can dance that well at his age. What an unexpected development. I really love that. <laughs> I feel like lately there's so many depressing news when it comes to like traffic stops. So that was such a nice That's change. That's true. Aww. All right. Thanks for that, everyone. <laughs> That's all for today's program. We'd love to hear from you at goodmorning at ntd.com. Write us if you want. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Tiffany Meyer.